I'm Mariah Gates from Netflix, and welcome to another episode of Watching With. Today we're joined by Brett Haley and Liz Hanna, the director and screenwriter of All the Bright Places. Hi, guys. Hey. Hello. And uh, we're going to talk through the making of this film. Uh, it's a director's and screenwriter's commentary this week. And uh, we're going to count down, and then when we say go press play and listen while you watch. So, three, two, one. So, uh, something I... <laughs> Just immediately. Uh, well, let's, <laughs> let's begin. Uh, let's get to it. Something I do like to say about this movie is that we struggled for a long time with how to open this movie. Mm-hmm. Whether we opened with Violet or Finch was, was a big question mark. I have a POV thing. I have a, yeah. Yeah. And I think it was something that we discovered in post that was really interesting to say we kind of start with Finch... Yeah, we had multiple different openings of this. We shot, like, multiple different openings yes. of this. We had, like, a version where you saw a lot of Indiana, mm-hmm. and then you opened with L, mm-hmm. And then we had a version where it was kind of cutting back and forth between them mm-hmm. while he was running, and you see her. And then we eventually landed on this, which is kind of like we're with Finch. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like Finch is the thing. Mm-hmm. And then we reveal as he finds Violet. Well, I also think it was, like, a... I think a very constructive conversation about how this movie changes over POV. So it we really totally. are starting with Finch and it, it kind of in the middle becomes their movie and then at the end becomes her movie. And it was kind of this really actually beautiful kind of progression of things that we didn't realize until we were sort of shooting, but it was really yeah, afterwards. In the edit, yeah. yeah. Because when you start with him, you're like, ooh, because we're trying to discover stuff about this girl. We're like, what's going on with her? We gotta talk about the jacket. It's my favorite coat of all time. I think it's great. That I stole that, that coat. Do I you have, still have it? I have that coat. Yeah. So L stole it, but that's our amazing costume no, designer. No, Liz. Liz. Oh. I'm not L. Oh, you stole it. I stole it. I stole that coat. Oh man. I have it. I don't have anything. No, that's um, Mirren, our amazing <laughs> yeah, costume, costume designer. designer. She killed it. Uh, I love this. PJ is with the coat over it. You'll see the coat in other outfits later in the film. It's it's like the hero coat. It's yeah, the best coat. Totally. We should probably talk about the changing of the opening of this from the book. Yeah, so this was this was a fun thing where This was also a late decision, right? This Before was a, we went this production. was this was while we were shooting. No, or no, right, I'm sorry, right. while we were prepping. Yeah. Location scouting. Yeah. So we were looking for a bridge location where I'm going to, well, no, I'm going to prep this by saying in the book, if you haven't read the book. Oh, yeah, go ahead. It opens uh, on the tower at school. Uh, so it's like on the top of the school and is the where students this, are and there. students are around. It's the morning, um, like right before they go to class. So that's right. that's how the book originally opens. It was written that way in the script up until I would say like two weeks before we started shooting. And you called me while I was like, no, not two weeks. It was like a month before we started shooting. You had, I was on my way to Cleveland like yeah. the next day. Uh, wonderful Cleveland where we shot this movie and um, I, you were like so we, we have the tower but um, only one person can fit on it at a time and it's wildly unsafe it's it was it was a crazy location very yeah. hard to find it very hard we, we we went to great lengths to find that school tower the bell mm-hmm. tower yes and we found one and, and we could do it and we were gonna do it okay book readers we were gonna do it please don't but be here's, angry but here's your angry blimp here's what happened uh we were location scouting for the bridge. I love the shot. The yeah, that's beautiful. Me. And the score comes in here by the amazing Keegan DeWitt, but let's stay on task. The uh, What happened was uh, we were location scouting this bridge, which was uh, where uh, Violet's sister, Eleanor. Got, Eleanor, got into a car crash. Um, that's uh, 
so so basically justice is handwriting correct oh it, no not that that's one. not the one the oh, one it's just on the poster yeah, and the poster and the, yeah okay so basically what happened was i saw this bridge as a location and it was 50 60 feet off the ground and i was like oh my god that's amazing and i thought shouldn't it wouldn't it be more interesting if this was a personal moment for for violet she doesn't strike me as the type to be you know considering jumping off something in front of the entire school and I like it being this quiet moment before anyone wakes up and only Finch would discover her by running because he runs at all these odd hours. I think something we've been struggling with for a long time, and this is um, cl- sort of a classic issue when you're adapting a book to a movie, is that in a book you have 400 pages, 300 pages to do something. In this we have 100 minutes. And we're also telling multiple different stories. And I think it was really hard for us to kind of justify um, – saying Violet is in the headspace that she plans to go to the top of the building, top, top of the school and jump off. And that was something that felt very hard for us to kind of come back from. And, and uh, it wasn't necessarily the character at that point um, who, Violet became, who, who Violet had become. And so it was, I think, great on your part to, to see this and see, like, isn't it something more organic that she can't sleep? She's dealing with the trauma of her sister's death, the trauma of being there. And she uh, just goes to that spot and ends up finding herself there. I think that I think that uh, also felt more, um, frankly, for me, like relatable of somebody who's not. Violet is not a person who's planning to jump off the bridge. She just finds herself there because yeah. she's suffering from PTSD. She's suffering from Grief, depression, depression yeah. and, and is not planning something. So no, it's um, a private moment yeah. that is then broken, becomes public, but only for Finch. Yes. And only and that's why they come together. And I loved it being this personal moment. And I loved it being at the spot of her sister's death. Mm -hmm. That it had more emotional weight. And so we all talked about this, the entire filmmaking crew. Mm -hmm. Everyone was like, Brett, you're crazy, don't do it. But then You were also like, You have to call everybody and tell them. I was like, (laughs) once I got Liz on board, it was like, call L, call (laughs) You're like, Okay, great. I like I like that you like it. Can you call everybody? Can you make sure this is cool? But then eventually Jennifer Niven, we Mm -hmm. uh, called Jennifer Niven and said, Hey, we're changing this thing and she was so supportive of it. And um has has recently, I don't think she'll mind me saying this, has recently told me, um, I, I prefer it. I yeah. prefer it. And I kind of wish that I, w- I wrote it that way originally. And I don't mean to say I had a better idea, but hindsight's twenty twenty, and you can always look back on something. So I think it also sets up our movie in a way that says to a fan of the book, you're going to get you're going to get Violet and Finch. You're going to get the experience that you love from the book. But we also are doing our own thing because that's just the nature of adapting a book into a film. I'm going to jump ahead. Um, Lamar Johnson, Sophia Hasmeek uh, are, are playing um uh, Justice's friends in the scene. We had so much on the floor from this scene. Oh, so much. Because they, <laughs> it was the funniest thing. Like, we, they had never met. The three of them had never met when we started shooting and instantly became best friends. Like, instantly they just were riffing with each other. And which, like, I think as a screenwriter and as a director is wonderful. And also at a certain point, you're like, say the words. Like, you know, like, we love you, um, but also say the words. There's important plot points in what you're saying. Um, and they just had this, like, amazing bond. And I think that it's one of my favorite things, actually, that comes out of this movie. And I think it's one of the things that made the movie feel really lived in is this relationship between the three of them. And, like, and even Elle's sort of distance from that. Like, I, I think she obviously is a part of it. Everybody was so close when we made this movie. But, like, those three, she kind of gave them that time. And it was really great. Yeah, they're so lovely together. And I'll talk about a scene that I added 
I was so obsessed with that group. Well, don't ruin friends. it. We're going to get there. I know. Don't I'll, say I'll, anything. I'll talk about it later. This is the amazing Alex Ship, who plays Kate Finch's uh, sister. And, and again, uh, this was something that um, we talked about very early on about what Finch's home life looks like as compared to the book where there's a mom and a sister. And, and a younger sister. Yeah, and a younger sister. We mm-hmm. did not really have the real estate. And I, I pitched very early on to the team and to Liz like, can we just make it Kate? Can we just make this connection a thing? Like, and that's why there, where's mom? Well, I think you, mom. you were like, pick one. I did. I did yeah. say to you, you I said, like, I could do the mom or yeah, I could do yeah, the sister. You were like, pick one. Oh, also I uh, remembered that the other day, by the way. Oh, they're a little handshake. Yeah. How did that come? We, that was like something that I, was, no, that was them. They were like, we got to have a, so the other amazing thing is like, also this thing, oh, God, this you cut this thing. down. You tried to make that like 70 seconds longer. Yeah. <laughs> and that was vegan cheese. Poor Justice was eating Everything, so much vegan cheese. It was brutal. It was a lot. Uh, sidebar, this is a hummingbird cake. I have to do a shout out because uh, in, in every movie I do, I do a shout out for my husband. This one, all of them got cut except <laughs> the hummingbird cake. So, the hummingbird cake is here. Um, but the handshake was like an, another beautiful thing is the relationship between Alex and Justice that started. And it was really like this brother-sister relationship and it was very interesting to see that happen so quickly and they said i think to you or me at no, some I, point they were like we have to do the handshake and then the night before we started I shooting said writing it yeah we, before we we shot we were like all sitting in the uh, lounge of that's the right we made seasons, it up and we made it up that's right I was yeah. like, we need to do a handshake and yeah. we made it up and then you and i got jealous and we made up our own handshake i think that is our handshake and they stole it i think they took a they definitely had a piece of it. I want to talk about the song playing here. It's one of my, it's from the Spike Lee film, Mo Betta Blues. It is a title track. Mm-hmm. And I, and I always pictured this song over this scene. I knew it was going to be long. Like I knew we were going to kind of wait. And it's a song that I think Finch would approve of that he would put on to quiet his mind. We also give a, give a shout out to our boy, Brucey. Bruce Curtis. Designer. He Ugh. wrote every one of these post-its by hand. By hand, copied Justice's yes. amazing handwriting and did it all by hand, and did every single one. Had backups because we shredded them and painted them. Oh, it was crazy! This set was really fun, and it was really in a crazy house, crazy too. old historical like, house. Yeah, it was in a. This is my worst nightmare. This, which, <laughs> this entire section, which is like five seconds of the entire movie, was. So the behind the scenes of how you do something like this is somebody actually creates all these things, even how like it's basically a video that they play like that. You don't click anywhere. You don't do you don't surfing. And Kelly, uh, one of our uh, our, our wonderful prop person. master, yeah. um, did this whole thing. And like my worst nightmare is technology not working when you need to work. And poor Kelly, like the second we started shooting, that thing broke. And she was like desperately trying to get it to work. And then you and I didn't like the size of it. Do you remember that? We were like, it's too big. And just, I have issue. we made her day really yeah. tough that day. My, Sorry, Kelly. We appreciate you. Yeah, we do appreciate you. And my issue with anything taking place in 2020 is cell phones and computers. I just, you have to put, you always have to, sh- you end up always shooting a cell phone or a computer. So this and was it's really so dull. Sidebar, this was a really great discovery also in the making of the movie and of the script is like, um, that moment, I think, always in the script was, I think, hard for us. Like, why does he fall for her? Not fall for her, but, like, how does he figure it out, basically? And that was what made the bridge better 
was just to go back to the opening was he didn't know the in the first scene that that's where right. Eleanor died and so that moment where he discovers oh my god that's why she was there it's I think a discovery it's really for the wonderful. audience yeah. yeah it's both yeah we were discovering as he discovered this is a really tough scene because it's slightly <laughs> cliched like oh drop books and but I think we really pulled I like it, it off I think I think it's hey, justice it. it's justice's charm here pulling this off which I love He's kind of saving her, but also he loves the attention. FYI, there's the coat again. I'm just going to say. I'm going to point it out every time. Oh, yeah, there's the coat. Yeah. I love that coat so much. There's also a sweater in this movie that I think Justice took. How did everybody take stuff and you didn't? I I, I don't know. We got the sweaters made for you. Nothing would fit. I'll no, tell you that. We got the we got the sweaters made. I, do, I have that. I have that. The Bartlett Badgers sweater. I know. Which we love. It's wonderful. Oh, uh, Bartlett Badgers. Yeah, there. Bartlett Badgers. Yeah. This is uh, the score here. I, I can't hear, but I know the movie so well that I know Keegan's score is, is coming in mm-hmm. here. The theme is starting to kind of percolate from the opening. I can't say enough about Keegan DeWitt and his amazing score. Also, one of my husband's nerdiest uh, star, like, what, is it, what do you call when you're starstruck? He mm-hmm. loves Keegan. Oh, yeah, he does. He's obsessed with Keegan. Keegan's a very talented man, and he did such a beautiful job on this. And it was the first time I ever got to do a live mm-hmm. orchestra record. We did it at Capitol Records, probably in a room Frank Sinatra was in at some point. Who? It's a guy called Frank Sinatra. Cool. He's a singer. <laughs> oh, know. this is a fun scene. <laughs> so this scene was, like, originally very uh, emotional. And, you know, it's it's as it should be. But, like, Al was like, she can't be crying all the time. <laughs> like, to be fair, she was like, Violet has to have some moments and it was her note that she was like guys I think this should be a little lighter and I think she should be a little kind of like annoying in yeah, the scene. Like, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do this and it was so funny I remember shooting this and just being like laughing she's really funny in this scene because she's, she's just kind of like bratty she's yeah. like I don't want to do it I don't that's do what it. we always said yeah. I don't want to do it <laughs> that's Kelly. Kelly O'Hara who's incredible oh also the background in this song is uh or the background of this scene is uh one of our favorite songs that we a big song big for song us. for us well, we, we were listening to it a lot <laughs> yes and we even created a dance we there to is it. a dance i think we're gonna post that video i think it's gonna be posted i think we're posting it it's it's embarrassing but i'll allow it it's an amazing video it's fun to be clear for anybody that knows what this video is by the time this comes out it's phenomenal it was i will do the backstory of it it was taken uh, in the lounge of the Four Seasons, which now has come up twice. So shout out to the Four Seasons Cleveland. Um, that's where we lived. That's where we lived while we are making this movie. And we did a dance. We choreographed a dance to that song uh, at the after party. The that's whole correct. cast and crew? No, no just, just me- L, Justice, Brett, and I. Yeah, the four of us. And then we did it that night and we perfected it. And then the next- We did it at the official At rap the official party. rap party, we did it. Yeah. So we actually have two videos. We have the test video, which is you and Justice and L. And then we have the full video of the four of us doing it at the correct. rap party. We were like a very tight unit, and yeah. I want to speak to, you know, Liz was on set every day, and I, it was such an organic process. Mm-hmm. None of us were ever resting. We were constantly pushing the material. We were constantly asking questions. Ellen Justice were involved in like, well, I don't buy this. I don't believe this. And Ellen and I would come up with, I mean, you know, Liz and I would come up, huddle and say, how can we fix this? How can we make this better? Ooh, that line's not really playing right. How do you, it, it was a very fun and organic process. It brought us very close together. It did. And I think it's like, people have asked me 
about being on set and stuff and the the best version is this where you're making the script better every day where you walk on set and the script is good and you know if you shoot what's on the page you're fine but you have the time you want to drink that right in the microphone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay cool thanks um <laughs> this is this is what we're talking about i had to take a sip of water I this, apologize. Is, this is what we're talking about yeah um but but you were actually pushing the material. We're about to get to my favorite scene in the movie that is everyone else's least favorite scene because we had to shoot it. Oh, no, it's not. It's the next. It's coming, yeah. It's coming. The Walk and Talk, which walk is and a talk. Badlands it's a bad... homage. 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 The, uh, yeah, here you go. More phones, more So this stuff. shifted from the book from being a Facebook, yeah. private Facebook to Instagram, which I think is smart because it's a... Um, Updating who these teens are. That was, and it was actually when the book was published. Yeah, and it was actually an L and Justice note. They were like, "We're not using Facebook." Yeah, it was yeah. like Instagram, uh, yeah. and I really fought really hard to get a real number in there with the Indiana um, area code. I don't know what happens if you call that number. Something I'm sure Netflix has it. I hope Justice just answers. It. <laughs> it's there. Um, Justice wrote that song. We oh uh, yeah we uh, in the book there's like the first three lines, and I wrote a few more lines for the script and then Justice wrote the music to it. <laughs> and so we share writing credit for that song. For that song. It's one of my Which proudest. becomes a big part of the movie. Yes. Oh, which, is which awesome. we'll get to we'll get we'll to. We'll get to that. That's great. That's a good story. That is a really good story. It's fun. There like again, it's discovery. We were never just being like, yeah, like uh, it was like what what can we do to make this better? I think everybody was on the same page about that. And that's a really fun way to make a movie. Look, I mean, we shot this movie in, what, 23 days, 24 days? Yeah. In Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, the four of us lived in a hotel together. And we, you know. We saw each other every we night. We saw each other every <laughs> night and every morning. And it was really up here. Yeah, here's my, here's the I bane of scene. everyone's existence. It was a very hard scene to shoot. This was um, like an 11-page scene of dialogue. It was. Out of a, to be fair, like, 90 page script (laughs) (laughs) and it was um and you also like we did the first take and you walked up to me and you're like we got to cut it and i was like pass and justice and l very much so were like we learned all these lines for shooting them and they were great they 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 killed it and it was like it was this is actually one of the more fun type of scenes i think to shoot because there's no way to get out of it. It's just them. Like, it's it's just their performance. It's them making everything sound better. It's them... Their chemistry is, is on display yeah. here. Like, I just think this is really... Uh, as you can tell, it was a really warm night. Um, it was not. It was... Uh, it was so it cold. It was uh, <laughs> really... Everybody was just balmy. Uh, <laughs> no. Lies. All lies. It was This was a cold. very hard scene to shoot. Yeah. It was freezing. It was you can't tell, freezing. but it was, it was genuinely freezing. freezing. It was frigid. These poor kids are out there with, like, just their coats on. What you can't see is that in both of their pockets are, like, on hand each warmers. side, eight hand warmers <laughs> keeping them warm. Um, I was like, don't crunch them up. When yeah, just the hold them. Just hold them tight. And uh, They're also wearing, uh, like, Ugg boots. In this, at oh, a yeah, certain Ellis. point, yeah, in the close-ups, yeah. yeah, at a certain point, we were like, you don't have to actually wear the shoes, and the shoes were loud. The shoes were really, yeah. her shoes were like clonkers, yeah, and I was yeah. like, just wear the UGG boots. <laughs> we're not seeing them, but I, this you can is... sort of see in her pockets. Her pockets yeah. look really full. <laughs> That's because they have, <laughs> she has like they have like eight hand warmers each. The magic of movies, and then this is that shot in particular, that two shot is a direct reference to Badlands. Mm-hmm. I just want to point out the first time and we that should they talk about meet. Rob. 
Shout out oh, to Rob. Boy Ron. Yeah, Rob Givens, my amazing DP, who I've been making movies with since I was 18. He shot he shot all of my movies except one. Um, and uh, he just shot a new movie we just did together as well. And Rob, yeah, this was a real challenge because we're mm-hmm. not looking to light this. Mm-hmm. Quote, we want it to feel real. We want it to have pockets of darkness and light, warmth, a little bit of cool. We did... We did a mercury, sodium vapor and mercury vapor, just a little bit of a mix. Because when we went to this location, we saw, oh, they're like that's a sodium, that's a mercury, the different color temperatures. So we we do kind of have them step into warmer light as they become closer. And it was very difficult to light this. I mean, this is look, they're still walking. How long have they been walking? Like five minutes. This is a really long. I told you it's an eleven page <laughs> dialogue scene. When I I remember you like we have to stop at some point. They stop in front of of Violet's house. Yeah. This is one of my favorite moments in the film when this Me little too. bit of score comes in mm-hmm. and they connect in this way when the post it. It's stunning. But yeah, you can see the color temperature differences there. Got that one light. But, you know, Rob augmented all of that and lit this entire street. It's like it's it's a real challenge on this budget. And in um, it was, you know, again, this is a this is not an easy movie to make. And, and no, everybody had to kind of hunker down at a certain point and uh they did i i love this scene i mean i think this moment where the score comes in is like the moment i remember watching the very first assembly of this that you um put together and like this moment where the score came in because keegan had very wonderfully written part of the score the score was written yeah. beforehand and, yeah and so we were shooting it with the score and um this moment where the score comes in i remember being like oh the movie's gonna work like that, like just having this moment, seeing their chemistry. This is also like one of my favorite scenes of the two of them because you can kind of see their real relationship coming out a little bit. Like the combativeness, the the pushing each other, the not letting each other off. Like we yeah, haven't really so talked good. about how how good they are, how good they are, and how upsettingly good they are. And like it's one of my favorite performances of Elle. Um, it's definitely my favorite performance of Justice. Like and I think the two of them on screen, um, they didn't let each other do anything halfway, and they didn't let each other um, let anything go. Like they just pushed each other to do this, and it was really impressive to watch. They were they were such a joy to work with every day, and just such good attitudes, professional. We had so much fun making this film. I know, truly, it was like such a good time. This look is my favorite look. L E W K look. <laughs> I know. I look. tried to get this coat and I was stalled. <laughs> I just love. I that. was stopped. The I helmet. L Fanning in that helmet. Love riding that riding that bicycle. This was a very hard scene to shoot. We shot this scene in about five minutes. Mm-hmm. We were like running out of light, mm-hmm. and I just threw up handheld and was like, "Let's go." This but was it's also a great scene. It turns out we great. cut this scene and then realized we had to put it back in, which is why we shot it for five minutes. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very good. It, it. We were worried about it feeling a bit too. Uh, coincidental, yes. but I, we all—I think we all buy it in the world we've set up. And it's also a movie. We also want to get on with the Wanders, and uh, this is the first time we've kind of—if you want to, you know—she does not get in a car. Right. We have the we, sort of the reveal. Yes, we start building that. Which oh, is those a big glasses! You want to talk reveal. about the glasses real quick? I mean, they're awesome. They're amazing. I'm happy they're in the movie. Well, glasses are tough because you're. Oh, look at this shot! Drones. Drone this day. Is drones. This and, was drone day. Yeah, and we did all these drone shots. It you cannot tell, no. but it is raining. It is raining. That's right. It is like pouring rain. I forgot about that. <laughs> we ran out of time, 
and then now now it's not raining. But we there was the last thing we did on this day, mm-hmm. this kind of bike day. And this it, also this narration is a Badlands reference. Hundred percent. Yeah. And we always knew that we wanted yep. one kind of Maliki reference, uh-huh. and that was this. It's like uh-huh. a conversation that they've had before Absence this. Of, yeah. yeah. Time. And we just we were like, let's just own it. Let's just do it. It has a really kind of magical feeling of them starting to connect um, with this great score. And again, just letting these visuals. Originally, it had been they were talking yes. here, and we just thought, who wants to see him like yelling at each other? Well, you hey, also so... kept being like, he just keeps asking her questions, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's kind of. Yeah, he would. He's. We want to keep him from being too buggy. Yeah. Um, so this is a. This was our first day of shooting. First day of this shooting. Day one. Day one, right here. This is literally. This is the second thing we shot on day one. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, this scene and I knew well, I had so much fun with it we got to know the crew that day and mm-hmm. we got to like just and know them this, this yeah. was a fun scene to shoot with the two of them first also because like they didn't really know each other it was like we'd all only been in Cleveland a little bit we did our we did the camera test like the day before yeah it was so fun this scene I remember like going oh I had never worked with a lot of these crew members before, mm-hmm. so I remember being like, "Oh, our ACs are dope! Like mm-hmm. our dolly grip is so perfect! Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 Bruce did such a great job setting that up and mm-hmm. and making it funny and making it real. You know, this is one. This is a big oneer right here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was going for it. I got coverage for this, but I remember going like, "We're gonna go for it." Brian Frisch, our camera operator, was amazing. Yeah, Brian Frisch, amazing. Um, Had never worked with Rob before either. No, we were all new, and it just yeah. this day we all came together and look at the chemistry like immediate with them. And I remember we were all looking yeah. at each other, just like we could just we were like, "This is gonna be so fun." Her little well, laugh, yeah. with her tongue. The tongue out oh, is God, so great, it's so cute. I we did rehearsals in L.A. before we shot this movie, so we did um, two days with the two of them. It was Brett and I and Justice and L, and we sat in a room in an office building in Beverly Hills and I I'm gonna post this picture I'll post this picture before the movie comes out too because uh, we did there's a scene that's about to happen uh, later in the movie where they sing along to a song and that song was written yeah. into the script Yeah. and we got to that point in the rehearsal and we all stopped because we were like oh this movie's gonna work yeah we kind of knew that they were just meant to be here's the thing when you write a love story is like you can write it as good as you want. It doesn't work if they don't have chemistry. And no. it doesn't work if they don't, if you don't believe them. And it was the luckiest thing. I mean, look, they're both amazing actors, but you can't fake chemistry. And them uh, being Violet and Finch, I think, made this movie come alive. And we wouldn't have been there without, you know, Elle producing this movie. Yeah. I mean, she put this movie on her back for the last five years, basically. Yep. And and had a vision for it that, you know, lined up with with ours. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Liz came on and mm-hmm. and wrote an amazing draft of this. But then it was about taking it even further and mm-hmm. saying, because look, fun fact, Elle Fanning never done a high school based movie. This is the only one. Yeah. And it's the only one she will do. Yeah. She loved this book and she loved the story and wanted to be Violet. But was very hesitant to say, I'm not making just mm-hmm. another quote unquote YA movie. Mm-hmm. People can make this a YA movie all Wait, wait, I don't... wait, wait, wait. This is the best part of the movie. The staring contest. I love the staring. We fought so hard for this to the staring, staring contest. contest. Yeah, we added this. This was something that yeah. we liked. And I I forget what, what made me think of a staring contest, but I wanted to add something here. And we found a nice balance here where they kind of start the staring contest and we 
get out. Also, really that's L fanning telling Joseph Smith she's very competitive. FYI. Oh, 100%. That is that is a. Uh, but these beautiful shots. Oh, yeah. shout out to Liz Hanna for making me put those bikes in the shot. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Not not asking for credit for much. She's but like, how'd they get there? Where did you see those bikes? Literally, you had them like yeah, a hundred feet away. <laughs> And I was like, "Why? How? They were hey, just I'm, on bikes. Where the I'm, bikes go?" I'm giving you a compliment. I appreciate it. There's that co- collaboration. There's that one compliment. I'll take it. Exactly. And I think, uh, but you know, I think L had a vision for this. I got to put some of my favorite bands in there. FYI, yeah. tennis. Shout out to tennis, which is one of my favorite bands. I love them, and they're friends. I've actually. Do you I, notice Eleanor is wearing the glasses? That is a oh, thing yeah. from the book. Yeah. Uh, this is another change that we. Uh, this, this freaking table. Oh, Jesus. I just remembered this. How heavy it was. Oh, God. It was like the glasses slamming on that table were the, my nightmare. I had to put, yeah. If you see the napkins, it's because there, there were no coasters in this house, apparently. They put it down and it would echo. It was just painful. <laughs> it's it like was, a marble table. Yeah. This is also vegan pizza that they ate a lot of. They ate a lot of vegan pizza. What's with all the vegan food? He's vegetarian. Yeah. Ah. He doesn't like uh, and yeah, And dairy-free. Yeah. Um, and then... We made um, we made Kate uh, queer. We did, and that, that was, was per, an Alex. That, that was per oh. Alex's request. That was on the day she was like, she can said, I change... "Can I change Todd to Tina?" Yes, and, and I we said a hundred percent, which is a fun thing. This is the sweater he took. This is it's a good sweater. Too. It's a great sweater. I love this one. This is something that Rob actually brought to me. Rob Gibbons, our DP, he was like, "Hey man, um, I never. We don't have any scenes in the movie where." Uh, Finch is right where we see him writing yeah except at the end yeah and I thought oh it'd be cool to just see him ripping off like because originally he was doing something and then looks over at the book and I thought oh well that's a perfect opportunity for him to see him kind of ripping the post-it one after the other one after the other and then that comes back later in a very kind of negative way Uh, to talk about also in the book um I, the, there's a lot of quotes. Oh, look, you can see Liz, Brian, Casey. If you go back, you can see... Uh, I actually regret this because I'm like, why doesn't it say Amanda and <laughs> like her, her her actual friends? Anyway, yeah. it's uh, all little nods to my assistant and, and Liz's husband, Brian. Yeah, that's, that's, that's just us. I actually... Te- so, spoiler alert, there's a lot of crying in this movie. And at this point when we were shooting Elle's coverage on this, we had been shooting for a while. And we'd done a lot of the crying. And so if you actually are watching this and you've seen this before and you look it, my text to, to quote unquote Violet to Elle is don't cry. <laughs> it's, if you could just not cry in this we scene. We have enough great. crying in this we movie. We have enough crying. Yeah. Um, this is like, honestly, it's these are the scenes that make me really happy because this was like us in a house for like four days shooting so late and like just really getting so close we lost it a little bit in l's in violet's room that was where video village was for a while and we hit like we got Goofy. the laughs yes pretty bad my was wife like, was there yes l and Mirren, and, Mirren and, you. and i we got yelled at we y'all got, were goof, goof we, town we got our amazing ad was like keep it down <laughs> we're like that's fair this scene is um when i when i saw this scene in the script i i immediately um had a, an influence for it, which is a Jane Campion's Bright Star when they're yes. writing letters to one another. And I told Liz, I said, I want this to feel like writing the modern day love letter, you know, texting. Oh, we're about to get to another Liz Hanna uh, fix. You had him pulling the rocks out of his pocket. I didn't think about it. I yes. thought maybe he brought some rocks with him. Because that's what people do. That's a thing. I don't know. It's also raining. You can't really tell. 
Oh, it's pouring raining. Rain. Oh, it's pouring, pouring rain. rain. <laughs> it's pouring rain. We love you, Ohio. Thank you, Ohio. It rained a lot in Ohio. Um, what I was going to say about, sorry, this is what happens. We get sidetracked. Um, it's shocking we made a movie. <laughs> um, oh, look, he's picking up a rock because that's what a normal person does. Oh, I threw that rock, though. You did. Because Justice could not hit, he hit, couldn't hit her. He couldn't hit, hit her. To hit save, the thing. So I did it. That is one take. Ah, one of my favorite shots one in the take. whole movie. I love this shot. I love this whole sequence. This, this sequence, sequence is, is great. Incredible. We we played a lot with songs. Mm-hmm. You being played on this, this song. Live. I played a song live by that's actually in the movie earlier by yeah. Tank Town. I love that song. And I I played so rather I'm a big sound director. I rarely look at that shot. Ugh. I thank it. you. I rarely don't get sync sound, but for this. I blasted in this. They shot Avengers here, Avengers One. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Russo brothers are from Cleveland, and they've shot like uh, one of the um, fight scenes, or like the I think the opening scene of um, Black Widow was shot in this hmm. in this complex. Anyway, um, so we added those lights and stuff, and create. It's and really Bruce cool. Created Bruce did all this, all yeah. this. Yeah, you created that and all the graffiti. But I just blasted this Tank Town song and just amazing. blasted it and let these guys just do it all with looks. Mm-hmm. I remember being like, there's so much dialogue in this film. It's great. But when are we going to find a cinematic moment where we can just shut up and look at these people and experience it? And then Keegan wrote the score. And it's just I remember putting this together mm-hmm. for the first time and just being I was, it was very emotional. It, it was, was very really, emotional. This was a really emotional scene to see. This is also the moment where they kind of fall for each other and it's really oh yeah but we should go it was also freezing <laughs> it was also freezing i was also really sick on this day yeah, i got were. super sick um this was a this was a hard scene because it was very windy and this created like a wind tunnel and brian frisch our steady cam operators like literally fighting the wind i'm gonna shout out to l fanning deciding to write cursive in chalk this was a choice she made <laughs> and, and somehow perfect, did perfect yeah, handwriting look at it Millennials going to be like, what does that say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that. That would be Gen Z. Millennials are the last generation to learn cursive. Really? Oh, Millennials yeah, speaking true. here, yes. That's true. I learned Wait, cursive. Wait, we don't, we don't teach cursive anymore? No. No, no they don't okay. know what it is. Gen Z doesn't. Okay. Sorry, Gen Z. Oh, it's not millennials, but Gen Z. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry, millennials. That's, I guess how you're not... a millennial. I'm a millennial. Yeah. Yeah. We're both millennials. I think we're all millennials. Yeah. yeah. When's the cutoff? Uh, 97, usually. Well, when does it start, though? Yeah, we're definitely older than 97. Oh, millenn- millennials is usually like 82-ish. Oh, I'm to... right on the... Yep. Right I'm definitely at... stuck in, they, I'm in there. They say like 1978 to 82 is like a zenial where I you're, not I got quite, you're not quite Gen X, you're not quite millennial. I'm a, I'm I'm 85, so I'm definitely in there. I'm 83, so I'm I'm still going to call myself that other thing. <laughs> um, a zenial, okay. Uh, so this was a... I love the scene. This was a really sweet scene that I think we talked about a lot um something that I tend to do in a lot of my movies is um or just things I write is like talk about friendship and and um that I think the best love stories are about friends that fall in love with each other and this was a really important scene for us in their friendship solidifying and and her revealing sort of that as she just said in this in this scene that Eleanor was her best friend and that I think is a really powerful thing and um, a, a really important thing for somebody because it's not just your sister that you lost it's it's your best friend and I think uh, Violet telling Justin Violet telling Finch in this scene that is um, 
really powerful and they they just did a wonderful job with it yeah as i love this scene i like i'm really into Elle's performance in the scene it's, she's so light that's so cute it's so... laugh and she just i i don't know this is i also like that it's finch genuinely yes listening and just asking the right things and getting her to open up just ever so slightly it just really i don't know it just it really moves me that scene pancakes blueberry pancakes we got uh they were really we fought, making pancakes we, we, over there they were really making pancakes we fought hard for the <laughs> making pancakes in the scene yeah um this is like here's the thing is is i think we're all really used to seeing l um be a dramatic actress she's exceptional i think she's uh, really one in a generation uh type of talent you don't get her to see her be fun and funny a lot um and that was really one of the bright places of this movie <laughs> was seeing Elle get to be light and funny and have fun and um we it, it was really fun for us to be watching that and see her like come alive in sort of these these scenes Lighter where she moments. gets to be yeah. light yeah she can do anything is the thing this is the amazing I know it's hor- it's so upsetting she can yeah. really do anything <laughs> this is the uh, amazing Virginia Gardner or Ginny Gardner mm-hmm. as we know her she's awesome and a good friend and uh, this was our last day of shooting we shot this and all of our underwater footage in that room where all those kids are walking to is a pool a high school pool and we shot all of our underwater stuff in a high school pool also shout out to uh ohio for uh that's your handwriting shout out to ohio for uh not having locks on their lockers really uh made our lives a lot easier it did because (laughs) i was like do you guys not keep locks like this is a real school and i was like do you not lock these and they're like nope and i was like okay well it's real Mm -hmm. so we're not going to do any locks um justice loves a shirt also bob bob it says bob there which is fun Miriam just killed it. This is I love the wardrobe. Yeah, the looks, movie. the colors. Um, it's it's got a real good thing. This is a uh, Felix Felix Mallard, who's a great actor playing Romer, which is kind of again you want to talk about yeah, how we you had, combined some characters from there were there the were book. two characters in the book. Uh, one was Violet's ex boyfriend, and one was Romer, who was sort of Finch's nemesis. Uh, they had a history. It's sort of... I, they used I to be best friends. They used to be best friends. Um, and then in the book, also uh, Finch's dad is a much bigger part of it. And it was, again, we just didn't have the time. We didn't have the space to spend on everybody. And what felt impactful was that there is this one person that um, is is a conflict for both Finch and Violet, but I think what was really interesting uh, about Felix's take on the character and something that you and I ended up talking about a lot is, like, we didn't want to make anybody a villain in this movie. It was really important for us that um, mental health is is the topic that we were talking about and uh, the real sort of villain is naivete or not knowing. Um, and not speaking not, up. Not speaking up, not um, asking questions when you should ask questions or just, or just not knowing the questions to ask. And um, in the book, again, you have more time to spend on that. And um, Romer is much more, I would say, villainous in the book. And we felt like he should um, just be another person. He should just be somebody who is living his own life and wants the best for everybody. And, you know, he's the star of his own movie. And um, I'm really happy with how that ended up and, and I think how... Uh, again, with Ginny's character, 
uh, with Amanda, with, with a lot of them, um, we tried to kind of just make that everybody had their own stuff going on. And yeah, you don't know everybody's got their own stuff. Oh, I got to talk great. about Keegan great. here, and we got to talk about the post. It also. Well, here's what happened: was we did this. <laughs> They're off brand. They are off brand. They are off brand, and I I remember re- reading the scene, and he ha- he hands him a post that Liz wrote. Hands him a post, and I'm like. Finch has got a comment on the post-it. Yeah. So we came up with this off-brand thing, which we think is really fun. Keegan, is Michael Key, who plays Embry, Embryo, is uh, exceptional. Um, so he funny. flew in and did like two days of work on this one movie. Day. One day? He shot for one day. That's right, one day. Um, and Was awesome. He's just amazing. And he was the person that Justice was like so excited. So excited. And um, they, their chemistry was amazing. I mean, we had so much on the cutting room floor of them. Yeah, I wish, oh, my I, favorite line of the movie is about to happen. My favorite line. Luke Wilson happen. made me giggle so hard every time he said this. this. And wait for it. It's so good. Wait for it. The best. <laughs> so L- Luke Wilson, by the way. Yep. What a gem. What a gem. What a nice and brilliant. I think he's brilliant. He's I think great. he is genuinely yeah. just he he wrote me um a a hand written letter that's that I just nice. got from my manager. Oh, that's so nice. Just saying thank you and how much he enjoyed this and how much he enjoyed and how impressed he was with these two. That's so nice. Yeah, it was really nice. Was, he's he's a he's a wonderful guy. Was this scene inspired at all by Valley Girl? It has a little bit of Valley Girl and it has a little bit of um say anything. Mm. Say anything was a big reference for us. Big time. Talk you know, it. I mean like Lloyd Dobler, that mm-hmm. was my thing. I kept I made him watch uh say anything and I made him watch Room with a View. Mm. And I was like, those guys are your kind of North Star. You know, they're they're kind of annoying <laughs> and maybe inappropriate slightly, but they're also so charming you can't really say no. This is a tough thing to pull off because it's like kind of like too much, man. But it's also he's so charming and fun and funny. We had to shoot this scene over two days because of weather. It started hailing in the middle of the Oh, my God. Scene. I forgot that? about that. We're, like, shooting and it just starts hailing. We also lost the keys. That was the thing. That we and did. we did lose the keys because he was throwing the keys for real. He was actually throwing the keys and nobody was there to catch them. Right. It was but, an actual thing. Yeah, Say Anything's a big reference for us. We um, had Say Anything. We had Badlands. Bright Star. Bright Star. Short Term 12 we talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um just like getting getting these things right, and I think everything we're doing here is just about it being honest and about it being grounded. We never thought of this film as kind of a genre film. We thought of it as just a human film about people going through human things, whether they're 17 or 70. Mm-hmm. I have made movies about 70-year-olds, and I approached it the same way. Um, and I think that this is some of my favorite chunk of the movie mm-hmm. is this this sequence coming up where... It's got a, this wonderful mix of emotion and humor and joy and romance. The romance is coming, which always I get so excited about because I really wanted to make a romance. I think it's also important to talk about. So in the book, um, he is more diagnosed than yes. not. Uh, in the movie, we made a choice not to diagnose him. Again, we did not feel um, I, I this was before you even came on was when we were we were working on the script. I felt very strongly that if we could not do a fair um, conversation about um, manic depressive disorder or, or being bipolar, then we should not name it. Um, my biggest fear is that somebody watches something and it's named and you are not um, giving the time and place to actually say what the illness is and then uh, 
teenager is going to turn to their mom and be like, I'm bipolar. Um, I think that's irresponsible. I think the big thing we wanted to do with this movie is have whoever you're sitting next to turn to the other person and be like, let's talk about something. Or I have something to say to you. Do you have anything you want to talk to me about? Yeah. I think a, a lot of what we wanted to say with this movie is like, you may not know what's always going on with people. They may be putting on a good face. Um, this was sort of the first scene in the movie and, and in the script that you're sense maybe that there's something um, up with with Finch and the nighttime running the sleeping on the lawn it all seems very charming romantic but but if you actually look at it is um, he's 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 coping yeah Yeah, he's he's coping and and we 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 look at this as a conversation Mm -hmm. not a statement or a blanket Mm -hmm. statement about mental health or about what is going on with Finch he is undiagnosed in this film for a reason you are getting hints of it Yes, sometimes various mental illnesses can be charming. People who are manic or bipolar have swings up and down. And we're showing you this stuff with him. And he is really bringing her out of her shell, getting her into a car. She's about to open up about her sister. All of these things are super important. uh, But he's struggling inside and not really letting anyone in. And that's the hard part, I think, as as people. You know, we we tend to think of our own... This is what I was saying before about, you know, Romer being the star of his own movie and Amanda being the star of her own movie is like we tend to think of everyone um, being part of our experience and we don't think about them. And um, I think it's an important conversation to have and, it, and it's something we tried to depict here. Um, the scene is uh, very emotional. It was It was one of our first cries. This was crazy. I mean, I I chose in the edit to hold, um, basically there's one cut, you know, to justice here, and uh, but this is the same take. That's the one cut, and then we just hold. And Rob and I had always talked about this shot, with the reflection of the world going by and her. It's just this like opening, just like this you know this dam breaking and she just mm-hmm. opens up and just and I love the trees and the the power lines and the things going by there's even a little bit of rain that happens you know you can see a little bit mm-hmm. there and Elle is just incredible in this I just wanted to hold on her the whole time and she's she, amazing in this. She, and this is very stressful stuff because we're this is all real. There's no green screen. I do everything practical. I don't I don't like green screen driving. And so this was very stressful. There's a real cars going by. I'm in the back seat lying down I'm giving her direction. In the truck. There's a follow truck. Yep. Like this is a lot of pressure on us and we run out of road literally and here's L just giving this performance of a lifetime, I think. And this is when I when I when I was editing the film and I cut the scene, I, I will admit that when I saw it and I put the score to it, I wept. I was just so moved by this performance. And, you know, it's raining and then she... Just give me a break. Fan, it's crazy. Come know. on. She's a movie star and, and a wonderful person and actor. And this is that moment where you just go, wow. You know, I, I it was incredible. I made her do like 17 times, poor you thing. Did do it. I was I was very David Fincher that day. Mm. Again, again, again. But uh, I think she really pulls it off. But I think, again, we just we're just trying... To have a conversation, and we are not making any statements about what it means to feel because everyone's experience is different. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a different experience, mm-hmm. and I think we from the get go and and Liz came to this. It was already a conversation that was happening when I came on, mm-hmm. and we just continued it, 
and we're not going to be irresponsible. We're going to be in the gray area. We want people to have their own interpretations and we want people to have a conversation at the end of this film and hopefully feel seen. Mm-hmm. If people can watch this movie and feel seen um, and, and, it, and it helped them a little bit in many ways, I think Jennifer's book has helped a lot of people through a lot of dark moments. Hey, just speak up. I mean, none of it. We we really haven't um, done the proper shout out, which is you know none of this is possible without Jennifer Niven. I mean, um, yeah, she not only uh, wrote an exceptional novel um, based on her own experiences, um, but gifted us with um, the grace of sort of making a movie out of it. She and, was so understanding, and so collaborative, and yeah. so wonderful, and um, you know, really from the beginning understood this has to be a movie. Um, sidebar: We built that roller coaster. That is a roller coaster that we. Oh man, did built. we! Uh, I want to say it's our greatest achievement and accomplishment. What happened to it after the production? It was melted down. Was it? Yes, it oh. was because. So it, this is a real thing that exists in Indiana. the The book takes place in Indiana. The movie takes place in Indiana. We shot it in Ohio. We could not shoot in Indiana, and so um, and we couldn't shoot on the real. We couldn't shoot on the real roller coaster insurance reasons and so uh, we uh, got the plans um, and had them sent to uh, LA, LA, where we had a roller coaster engineer build this roller coaster. They then shipped it on a truck and brought it to piece by piece, piece by piece, and we built it in a backyard. (laughs) <laughs> and we had it for six hours, yeah. and then it was melted down for scrap metal. It's it, it was incredible. It was a thing where budget budget wise, we were it was really looking like maybe we weren't going to get the roller coaster. It was we, like five days before production. Yeah, we like, we're not, we're we not had like, yeah. and I was like, we were trying to think of different things that could replace this wander, which was very difficult. There is no replacing it, and there, there was, was no replacing. This is it. the this is like the scene where she lets go. This is the scene where she like falls in love and she lets go and she starts living again and like he's living I mean, through her this, and that's really Elle's this, reaction. Yes, this shot. So Rob Givens, yeah. my DP, is is handheld here. He almost falls, but I love that energy of yeah. the shot. He he tripped there and he was like, we got to do it again. And I was like, no, it was perfection. And this is all just happening, this yeah. beautiful kind of release without here the roller is. coaster. Oh, is. yeah, good old Too Young to Burn. This so is... I brought this into the pitch. You did. You <laughs> literally called me and you were like, can we put this in the movie? And I was like, I don't write with music written in. And you're like, can we write with this? And then so this is the scene in rehearsals that when this scene came on, we played the song in rehearsal. And he and, sang along. And he sang and... along. And it was just like. It's just this moment that came alive. And uh, we listened to the song, obviously, a lot. So this was, we shot this a little bit later. Um, This was maybe like week two of shooting. So we had all kind of bonded. We would randomly, before we even shot this scene, like break out into song. Um, When we were shooting at the Blue Hole, we uh, were singing the song um, to the uh, disappointment of the entire crew. (laughs) And then we actually shot the scene and for the next three weeks the entire, entire crew, crew. Was singing the song it got in it's a it's an earworm it's a great song by sunny in the sunsets and it was something where i knew this song and when i when i came into pitch for producers i i said look i i know this song too young to burn and i think it's finch's song and i see it in the movie and i i saw it at the end of the movie and it, it is over credits spoiler alert of this movie and it's such a lovely little moment 
it's a, it's a moment of joy. It's something that I connect to personally about singing in a car, being goofy, like wanting to share your love of something with somebody. It's also an intimate thing to sing in a car with somebody is a very like yeah. trustworthy thing to do. Um, and this is him just like kind of showing himself, but charming her. And he, he's a bit nerdy in that way. Like singing is, it, yeah, it's yes, not it's cool. Not, it's not cool. I remember like a teen- He's a very good singer, but <laughs> it's not a cool thing to do. A teenager watched this movie and she, I forget what she said, but she was like, that was like not cool. <laughs> that was like the opposite of cool. And I was like, yeah, well, it's still, you know, it's still charming. I think it's cool. I'm obviously not cool. These are my favorite <laughs> scenes of the movie is this, this like bonding between them where they're playing with each other and- and I love how just fun it is, and it's this just is gonna get stuff. sad. I'm I sorry, know guys. this it's is like this <laughs> this little chunk of the movie here is just is just yeah. I mean, and this is again, it's hard to shoot in a moving car. Those are real cornfields. Everything's real here, and we really fought to make this practical and not green screen and feel the car rumbling and 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 real cars are really going by and it, it has all of that going for it. And the the pullover, which is one of my favorite things in the movie, because of it was just time of day, like Rob and I found this spot, and um, I like the subtitle. I know <laughs> this spot here. So we found this spot, and I remember my my reference was the end of Castaway. Mm. I was like, I want there to be a a, a, a four way deep cut there. Uh, yeah, your boy T Hanks. Uh, boy. You know, I wanted there to be this intersection. And I wanted to see it. And I remember, and we got so lucky. This sun opened up here. It was a cloudy day, boxed in all day. It opened up. It was and this, and Yes, and then yeah. this wind hit. And it, that moving those fields in the background, that is, and then Brian Friest doing this amazing Steadicam shot, getting this uh, flare here. Uh, we also talked a lot about who was going to kiss who here, and we, we had a lot of conversations, a lot of time, like who unbuckles and who kisses who, and well, and it really ended up being. I mean, again, the four of us were having these conversations a lot, and it was like, I want to say it was probably L at a certain said, point. Said he needs to just yeah, kiss me. She was me. like, he just needs to fucking kiss me, <laughs> and I, both of us were like, all right, sure. And then she goes, and then we'll, and then I'll really kiss him yeah. back, and I think then I mean, that's one of the, yeah. we love. I love that shot and that moment Ugh. with them, and there's the. There's that beautiful. I have a photo of you on top of a uh, scissor crane, lift. A scissor lift. Yeah, we got shot that oh, on a scissor day lift. Day one. This is this day, day one too. We shot the entire. Ooh, this is good. There are first kisses actually in the movie. Yeah, I put that kiss in. Yeah, so they were not. I was just yelling at them. Yeah. And we were shooting, and literally everyone on set was like, they have to kiss. And it was like a ripping off the band aid for any actor. Like when you've never kissed somebody, you kind of have to do it. And I think you, like, I was just off camera. You were like, I'll kiss him. Yeah. No, I just go, kiss him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was very good. They're so, and this is day one with them, and they're just already. Oh, God, this took forever. Oh, just for her to get she, one right. Yeah, yeah. She that's that's true, pr- pure uh, excitement. Yeah. Finally, and this uh, is I, we think an iconic Rust and Bone. This is a oh total yeah, Rust and oh Bone Rust and Bone, Bone, huge influence for huge both influence. Liz and I. We love that movie. It's uh, one of our it was, favorite movies. It was one, uh, this I love this scene. It was one of the big like things that made us bond very early on. Was our so uh, I passion played, for Rust and Bone. I played Prince. You kiss. Did? No, that's another scene. I played uh, Twin Shadow. You played Twin Shadow. You played Saturday. You played something else that he loves. Though. Oh, oh no, you you played a rap song. You oh, played, I played, you uh, played that Hall and Oates. Yeah, you and, played. Uh, um, it was like some uh, kind of Frank mashup. Ocean? Yeah, it was some kind of mashup of Hall and Oates and 
And, and this and, is him rocking out to that. Yeah, no, that's Saturdays. That's that Twin Saturdays? Shadow. He loved that song. No, what is that song? I'm gonna. Uh, you're right. It's a. It's some crazy mashup. Please look it up. It's so have, good. Was uh, this scene yeah. at all inspired by Wild at Heart? I well, got Wild I'm, at Heart vibes from it. I. It's a. It's like. Indecent definitely. Oh wait, I, really quickly, they're playing a very annoying game. They this. play this game all the time, they, so I had them just do it. It was so annoying. I don't even remember what the rules were, but it's like it's it's L came on with of it. Something. Yeah, L came in with like this is uh, what you do when you're doing like MOS scenes, so it makes you look like you're having a conversation as you play the, this game, which is like I'm thinking of something, and you're doing basically like 20 questions to figure it out. The four of them played this on set at an annoying rate, <laughs> like constantly were playing this game, and so we were shooting this scene in in a cafe, and so. <laughs> you were just like, just play the fucking game. I was like, play the game. It's yeah. fine. Uh, I love Wild at Heart. And I and I think there's a lot of influence of all kinds of, like, definitely Malik vibes. You know, when they're dancing and he's kind of two-stepping, you know? Like, yeah. there's a lot of different things that, um, I th- a lot of darker, more kind of, I don't know, more ar- arty films. But th- that is the influence that we were having with this film. We were definitely trying to have a conversation with those types of movies mm-hmm. and try to make this and elevate this beyond i think what other maybe other ya movies i think maybe have done previously we we tried to not have it be i'm going to text you i don't movie. remember what the name of that song was and it's really a great song it was some kind of mashup of yeah hall and oates and then a rap song i don't know if that's it let's sit here oh, for another 90 no minutes. sorry i know it was take on me yes i was like it's it was not a, it was a, it was an aha and yeah. then and then somebody i remember i discovered it cuz i was like they took the Take On Me beat and they just dropped this this rap song on top of it and it was incredible. Kendrick Lamar. That's it. It's Take On Me featuring Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Mm-hmm. It came out while we were shooting. Yes. And, and I was playing it on this day. Yes. Yes. On, it came up that day yes. and you were like walking around playing it. And I was like, listen to the song and Justice went crazy. So I played that and I played the Twin Shadows song. That's how we, and I played the song from Badlands. And we did karaoke. Love is Strange. That's those are three songs they danced yes. to, and then later there's an I played Prince. Um, we did karaoke one weekend, and we ourselves did the mashup. We did the mashup. We did. We played take. We played Aha, Take on Me, and, and then, then Justice, Justice and Lamar did the Kendrick wrapped yeah. the Kendrick over it. It was, and we have video, and it's incredible. It's incredible. It's really great. <laughs> this is a famous scene In the from book. the book. Yep. Uh, which is known as you, He Brought Me Spring, which mm-hmm. there is a reference to it later in the film, which mm-hmm. book lovers will will know. There was a lot of question about, do we show how Finch got these flowers? Do we da-da-da? And I, and I always just said, It's my Look, favorite, one of my favorite reactions from Yeah, she's great. <laughs> is I, I think you just, you just oh boy. Let, her, let it be. You All right. He's a mystery. Get ready, book lovers. So this is the blue hole, and this, this is really why we shot about in to Cleveland. Fall. Oh, no, she just fell. <laughs> she trips a little she bit. She trips a little bit. Which I like. But uh, this is uh, this is why we shot in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Is this location we fell in love with this? The Blue Hole was the hardest thing to find. I mean, it's super specific to the place and to the book. And obviously, if you have watched this movie or uh, have read the book, you know what happens here. Um, it was a very uh, important thing for us to get this right. And we so we've talked a lot about the weather of Cleveland. Yes. This was on the third and fourth day of shooting. It was 
We were prepared for rain. We were prepared for, for freezing, cold. freezing cold temperatures. Like getting them in the water. We were it was, freaked out. We had a out. hot tub. We had, we were so scared. Stunt people, like like safety. It was we insane, right? These two days, it was 80 degrees. And this is in October. Yeah. And it was just like the world, the, the world, universe was telling us that we could It was okay. Day. And they jumped in and they were like, yeah. oh, it feels great. I needed a cool off. It yeah. was a complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> they still use the hot tub, by yeah. the way. Well, only when I made them. Yeah. I was like, we went to this hot tub for you guys. You got to get spent, in the hot tub. We spent all this money on this hot yeah. tub. But I love this stuff. I love this this location. It was such a- Finch jo- continues removing his clothes. Yeah. It was such a joyous uh, two days. And it, it, it came with some of the highs- of like their their romance and but this we also shot some of the most emotional scenes in the film. This is the most emotional scene. I mean the the well, scene that happens at the end. I think yes, is, and the scene with yeah. them tell me where yes. you go and you disappear. These are very difficult scenes, yes. and th- it was very early on, very. This and was literally day three and four. Day, yeah, I think so. And and and, um, and, really and they're just. It was like fuck it, let's go, let's let's do this. Let's not be afraid of it. And these guys just were on board, and and it was such a joy. And I'm we, hiding behind a tree back there. Yeah, we had um crazy equipment here too. We had an 80 foot uh, techno crane on the on the ledge up, and that's how we got these shots of them in the water because there was no we you know it was very difficult to do that. One of my favorite things that just happened is like um she takes her clothes off and she's sort of like showing him. You know, this is me, and he just stares at her in the eyes. Yeah, it's one of it's such a, it's such a like respectful, um, true love thing is like, just looking directly at her. I I love it. I think it's such a great choice, and, and um, consent is sexy. FYI, this is shot in a pool. Yep, we shot this in a high school pool. It was our last day of shooting. It was very challenging. It was very hard work to do that kind of those kinds of shots over and over again. And then magically we're back at our, our blue hole. And that that I basically got the eighty foot techno crane down on the water in a rig so we could get splash and we could be right there. But we wanted these shots to be locked in and not like, you know, wonky and handheld. So they're right there on the water. And that's how we did that. We tried to shoot underwater, it just didn't work. It no, was it just murky. it was too murky and yeah. we couldn't But we, we couldn't. had the underwater camera, we just couldn't do it really. Yeah. We looked at it and also we were obviously concerned it was gonna be, you know freezing so we were like we don't want to do a bunch of underwater shots in a freezing cold pond look at that kid look at that smile it's a million dollar smile mm-hmm. I think nowadays we have to say it's a billion dollar smile right a million dollars doesn't mean anything right Okay. we know that now billion dollar so, smile again to reiterate um, a change from the book is uh, Finch's dad was uh is a much bigger part of the book. Um, you know, we, we had him in there for a really long time. And it once again kind of uh, was putting the blame on somebody, um, kind of stopping us from making this a conversation and just saying, well, these things happen because his dad ignored him or his dad um, also suffers from mental illness and, and any of these various things. And was really preventing us from having a larger conversation. So that was a big motivation in removing him from the Yeah, movie. it was also just real estate. We just didn't have a lot of time, mm-hmm. and we, we needed to keep it focused. And I think the conversation that he has later with Kate about his dad, mm-hmm. about 
these are complex things. We're we're asking some questions rather than trying to give answers and and again keep it keep it open and keep it as a conversation because everyone's experience with depression, mental illness, grief, any of these things is very specific and we don't want to pretend like we can speak for everybody's experience. So um this is sort of the first hint as again like this is not normal behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh Finch's diving super deep and not coming up and and obviously any any person would be like oh, I'm worried about you so this uh, this is sort of obviously setting up some stuff here and these were all very very you know good on this Elle was Elle's last stuff she shot for the movie yep it was and very difficult stuff to do very yeah. exhausting like to go down there and do that over and over again and swim and dive and very hard to do this was all really challenging well, stuff. Well, Nash Agerton, our stunt coordinator, yes. amazing, uh, fantastic director, writer in his own right. Um, if you have not seen his short film Spider, you should watch it. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, but he had worked with Al before, I think. And um, Yeah, on, uh, I think on, did you do Neon? Maybe. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Neon and be- Demon. And Beginners, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so... They had worked together before, and he was uh, really great in, you know, when you're shooting something like this, it's really emotional. You also want to make sure everybody's really safe, and mm-hmm. and they're actually swimming, and they're not, you know, standing on anything and pretending. And he was wonderful in educating them and all of us. And yeah, this was this was a very this was a big scene here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got my kids. I mean, yeah, it's 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 warm, but they're standing there dripping wet. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a lot to ask of these guys. To do this scene over and over again, mm-hmm. it's a big emotional scene. It was very complex in terms of the lighting and and trying to protect them from the sun. But then their free poor Justin. I remember we kept shooting. He was like, he was, so cold. He was like, shake. He's got no fat on his body, so he was like, I got to take a break. But they were such pros here, and they yeah. there was a a real balance finding the scene in the edit. It's it was always there. It was what went in. How do we reveal this information about the dad? How do we make it that it isn't cliche? It doesn't feel put on, but it feels authentic and real. And I think, you know, the words plus the performance is really we we got there. We, we also got cut there. some stuff. We cut some stuff out of I here. I think was really important. You know? They used to they used to say I love you. Yeah. In the scene, and yes. I and that was one of the first things I cut. And props to my editor Susie Elminger, who was like, I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. I just don't need. I I can see that they love each other. Mm-hmm. And so to, and for it actually someone, felt like very cliche and like felt very like we this, got it. this kiss felt more important and this sort of acceptance because that's embracing his his shit. Yes. That's saying I will take you on. That's love. And so we felt like, well, oh, we boy. don't need to do this. Oh, boy. Well, let's talk about this day. This was a fun day. So this was this was close to the end. This was close to the end. It was like the second to last or the last day of shooting. This might be our last day before we did the pool stuff. I, so, yeah, I, I think, think it so. is. Yeah. So we basically we it's added this. We found this location. Mm-hmm. All that's real, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that rain, that that smokestack. Mm-hmm. That could have easily been digital. It's not. That is that is real. Okay. Wait. So all right. So let's talk about this. Let's scene. talk about the scene. So, so this. So, well, what did it used to be, Liz? The scene originally took place in Finch's room. There is a monologue from the book. Um, about uh, the Plutonian, the Jovian Plutonium effect. effect, which is a weightless, a true thing. That's like a weightless, it was a, it was a gag, basically, that happened on national television. Um, it was in the script for a very, very long time. 
up to Until about we, we five minutes before we shot this. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, and he was ready to shoot it. The night before, the night before, just as, because we would change stuff a lot. The night before, Justice was like, you guys aren't going to cut that monologue, right? Because I've been memorizing it for three weeks. And I was like, probably not, but you never know. And I was like, nah, just keep doing it. He's like, I've got it almost down. And we were like, okay. It was long. It was it was long. And I think very much uh, did not feel organic. So we did a rehearsal. Not, and because we, it was how well we knew this movie now. Well, it was also if this was one of the first things we shot, yeah, we would have shot. We would have shot it, and it'd be in the movie. It was because it was, we knew these guys so well, and the four of us had gotten into a rapport with each other, where I was standing outside. Everybody was waiting to tell me that they wanted to cut this, which was is always a fun thing when they're like telling mom that they're going to cut, you know, the <laughs> five page monologue that poor Justice has memorized. It's pouring out rain. I'm standing next to you. And I've watched the rehearsal and it just feels stilted and it doesn't feel organic. And it's, you know, I'm I'm ready to pull the plug. And you're like, let me try something. So I go back into the video village and I'm I'm in the train. I'm in the train opposite with my with the monitor next to a window because you (laughs) come running up to the window and you're like, just watch this. Yeah. Well, what happened was this. Yeah. Yeah. This is what happened. So the. I wasn't happy with the scene, as Liz explained. And I said, I don't know. I'll figure something out. I, she went back in. I saw them. They were goofing around, and they were singing mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And I was standing out in the pouring rain. It rained all day that day. I'm the only day out. that we got stuck in the rain, which made for a it very made, romantic it's section. It's beautiful. Yeah. It looks like we planned it that way. We did not. So I'm standing there in the pouring rain. I'm looking at them up in this little warm you know, thing, and they're singing this song from... Music and lyrics, that movie with Hugh Grant. Oh, yeah. Hugh, oh my Hugh God, Grant. I forgot that's what the song that's was. That's what they yeah, were yeah, singing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I love that movie and I love that song. And I was sitting there and I was like, I wish they could just sing a song. I wish we had a I song. I wish we they had could a sing. song that they could sing. We didn't, obviously, because you, you got to clear that pre clear. But, but we then did. we did because we had Justice's song that he sang earlier. Mm-hmm. And we did it, the whole thing. And then I said, let's just do that. Mm-hmm. And no one knew about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the producers and Liz and everybody, I was like, just hold on, we're going to do this thing. No, you came up to the window and you're yeah. like, okay, just watch just this. Just watch this. And we did it and it was magic. I think the take two is in there. Yeah. So anyway, we did end up shooting the monologue, but it never stood a chance. It was it was going to be that song. And we, I'm, it, that's one of those magic movie moments where you're just standing there and you're like, this isn't working and you don't, you don't, you, 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 you push through, you find something, you work, everybody comes together and you discover something. And that was one of those magic moments. So this is, this is where the movie starts taking a big shift. Yep. I mean, and this is something that look, most teenagers handed this situation would be able to deal with it in some capacity. They'd be upset, but Finch doesn't have that ability. It it feels like the end of the world to him. It feels he is unworthy. And shameful. And yes, there's a shame around this. There is a uh, there's a lot going on here. And again, we never wanted to be too specific about what exactly he's feeling and why, because again, no two people's suffering or mental health concerns are the same. And so we're showing you things of him, why he's having these issues. If you read the book, there's tons of references to why he paints blue. It's about control. It's about trying mm-hmm. to get a sense of control again. And that's what's going on. Well, while, while L is... deals with Violet deals with more basic. Well, I this that know. that we talked about this scene a lot. And um, 
I, uh, Elle and I had a conversation about like we had really been focusing sort of on Finch and and uh, rightfully so it's a very emotional part of what just happened in the previous scene um, but um, we weren't really addressing the fact that Violet and Finch had just slept together had sex and that in this scene basically Elle is uh, Violet is telling her mother that she just had sex with her boyfriend and um, that felt again as we're talking about like all of the relationships in this movie not just um, Finch and Violet that is a that is a big thing for a teenager to tell their mother and we wanted it to feel safe for her to say that and and feel you know um, like it's something that she could tell her mom and and didn't feel afraid of and I really like that performance that the two of them are doing in in the scene that they ended up sharing together yeah Kelly's great in that scene and these are all hints, you know, these are things from the book, but it's it's about a kid trying to get control again. And it's it, the, the smaller the space for Finch, uh, the more he can kind of try. And then he's trying to kind of restart with the post-its and we can see that he is he's, he's really struggling here. And I think Justice does a really wonderful job, really nuanced performance here to, to try and capture this feeling. This scene was hard to mm-hmm. do because I had, I don't know how many hundreds of extras and then do a fight scene in the middle. But I thought. We also Sha- didn't end up using the stunt coordinators. I mean, the, the stunt. Guys. Yeah. yeah. No, they did everything on their own. They were wanting to feel real. They were, like, like, they were very about excited it. about it. Yeah. They were like, let's do this thing. But they were great. They're and, great. Yeah. Um, I want to give shout out to the background. I think the background's really good in this scene. You, you always don't know what you're going to get. But I think there's like a natural build here and all the mm-hmm. kids. Trust me, I've seen this movie enough to be. <laughs> I think it's pretty real. It feels like this is how fights go down. And Oof. one of the one of, I unfortunately had to watch a lot of fights, a lot of real high school fights that you know people videotaped mm-hmm. to to kind of, and it has a messiness and a and a rawness to it. But you see people filming. I was big on that. See that? Oh, that's unfortunately how it goes down now. People don't step in. They just pull out their phones and go, "Look, I got it." Let's upload it to Twitter or whatever. But, yeah, you see lots of phones. I, I You know, it's just kind of this thing. Um, and I think it's that's a really sad moment when he realizes that he's hurt his friend. <laughs> Boy, Boy, he's, he's crazy. crazy. That was just somebody off camera said that and made it into the movie. All right. This was a scene, too, that could mm-hmm. have gone a million different ways. Um, it... it uh, in the book was was sort of an attempt in the book it's an attempt in the script for a while it was it, an attempt right um which again felt um not where we were at with with Finch's character no. at this point and was saying something that we weren't necessarily comfortable saying um no we we've steered with the short amount of time we had I think yeah I think we've steered him the movie and Finch we're about away. to get a Jennifer Niven cameo Oh no! It's, it, remember, I had to cut it. Oh right! Oh, <laughs> she shit. was in the background there. Oh, sorry, Jen. Don't rub it in, Jen. No, I didn't. Jen mean was to. very I understanding. Forgot. She was no. very understanding of it. She was in the scene in the background, but I cut the opening lines. Um, but we, I think, are, have been very aware of. I think what we were focusing on with this film and what what it was about, and I think it was more about the mental health conversation than it was about a kid who's suicidal per se. And I think the book, you, you can kind of interpret it in a lot of different ways. And I think that there is more of that. But we had a very conscious 
decision with Jennifer's blessing mm-hmm. and with her involvement to say, hey, we're kind of more interested in this aspect of Finch and the kind of unknowable and that he can't get control over these kind of manic episodes. We're going to focus more on that and make him less of a person who's kind of thinking about suicide. That is certainly, I, in terms of what we created, was yes. not something that we, that was not what we were trying to do. I'm, um, you know, Lamar didn't have a lot of time to uh, define the relationship that Charlie and, and Finch have that is, again, much bigger in the book um, and um, has has more um, runway. I think that scene, you know, it's really difficult um, when you're writing something and you're trying to define, even in this, where we're basically saying Kate and Violet have met, but we're not saying where they've met right? Uh, or how they've met. And Lamar just does a really beautiful job, and Sophia did a really beautiful job of just of building making that, that feel yeah. real. Fill in the blanks. Um, this was a really intense scene. We shot, we shot this one for a while. Um, yeah, it, it was important to hear the terms and I thought you did a really nice job mm-hmm. having this one guy he's dealing with a, a lot of things mm-hmm. he's diagnosed he's like yeah believe it or not here it is this is from the book too there's, yeah there's and it's like, true and you can suffer from all these things yeah. at the same time and I think it's really kind of important to hear all of those things listed mm-hmm. and see Finch and then see Finch while you hear those terms and then when you come to Finch this is one of the more powerful lines of the film, I I think, mm-hmm. is when he says, "Hi, no I'm I'm Theodore Fritsch, no labels." It's a book line. Definitely can't. That's a Jennifer Niven uh, special. Uh, yeah, and it really. I actually think one of the really most amazing things about this movie as a, as a whole, but something that happened in this scene is, um, the crew started talking about mental health a lot. Um, really opening up I think we, we this was in our last week of shooting so we were pretty close by the by I mean everybody it was a very tight-knit crew um and it was a small crew and so we all got to know each other pretty well and this was like sort of the moment where um people felt really comfortable with each other and and we were all having a conversation about mental health and um we were all having a conversation of the impact it had on us personally and and how um we had chosen to make this movie and why we chose to make this movie and um i think it's you know it's it's obviously a conversation that each of each individual person involved with the film can have um i came to this movie i i i've dealt with depression and anxiety personally my whole life um i was medicated when i was a teenager um and i've dealt with mental health in my family and this was a movie that i felt um it was a book um that i felt really encapsulated what it feels like to not have anyone understand you and and regardless of uh, or not regardless but uh, involving mental health or not you know being um, not being invisible feeling like because you're not bleeding outside nobody thinks you're sick um, or nobody thinks you're injured or in pain and uh, we all kind of came together and wanted to just make a movie that was talking about that and um, I'm really proud of of the work of everybody did to even get this into production because <laughs> it's really hard. It's hard. And um it's a it's a it's a tight we always described it as a tight rope walk mm-hmm. that it could so easily go into so many different directions that felt manipulative or felt twee, you know, felt sort of like an after school special. Mm-hmm. We worked incredibly hard to keep it grounded 
open, honest, but also, again, I keep coming back to the word, a conversation. Mm -hmm. We cannot make a blanket statement. We all, as Liz has said, deal with our own issues every day. Mm -hmm. I think everybody deals with some kind of something in their brain every day, whether it's a feeling of not feeling good enough or thin enough or or if you're struggling with depression or grief or you know there's so many things that we go through in life that make life incredibly difficult and you never know what somebody is going through that's why we always say just be kind just be kind to one another yeah. because you never know what somebody's dealing with maybe they lost their mother or something you never know it's like so just be kind and i think that this movie the goal was always to make it open and 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 make it something that was never too specific mm -hmm. but that also wasn't flippant wasn't like yeah you know mental illness whatever but that tried to tried to actually grasp at something the unknowable and that sometimes when you're discovering something about someone if they're not opening up about it it can be too late and it's so heartbreaking and I think if there's any message to take away from the film and I don't think you and I make movies that are quote-unquote message driven we like to make, I think, nuanced films yes. that are open for interpretation. But if there, if there is any message to take away, I think it's be open. You know, speak, speak up. This is a perfect scene to talk mm -hmm. about that where he ha he almost tells Kate what is going on with mm -hmm. him. He almost gets there and then he he sidesteps it. I also think the Amanda. Um, yeah. The the Amanda being the person who reveal is revealed to be at the meeting um, and you know, admitting that she has, or not admitting, opening up that she has uh, tried to commit suicide. Um, I think it, you know, Ginny was really phenomenal uh, in that scene and throughout the whole film, but I think it was really, it was something in the book that I found really important and something of the many things we were forced to strip away in the adaptation. Um, that was really important for us to keep because here's somebody who you think is the most popular or beautiful girl in school She's dating the most popular guy in school. She seems like your average everyday girl. And underneath it all, she's suffering and she's in pain. And she um, is trying to find a way out of it. And it just goes to show everything that we're talking about, which is you just don't know. You you know, you, you have to know. ask. You have to pay attention. It is, you know, on, on uh, if you're suffering from anything, you should feel comfortable to open up and find somebody that you can talk to um that there's if you're listening to this you could go to our website and and find any number of resources that can help you out um find a friend a family member anything a teacher psychiatrist hotline anything um and i think that's something that was really important to us yeah. was showing that it can be anybody don't say i'm good if you're not good yeah you know because Finch is not good here, and he's lying. And, of course, we want to believe that people are good. If they say good, I'm good, I'm fine, it's no big deal. We want to, we want to believe that, obviously. And I think uh, that's a dangerous thing, and we definitely want people to speak up. I think there's, you know, this, the, the Amanda story covers that, and I also think Violet's story. Yes. She ends up opening up to yes. her dad about some of the things she's going through when Finch is missing. Um this is obviously a really big scene, and spoiler alert, I'm sure you've seen the movie if you're listening to us talk. At if this, this is point. your first time watching the movie, I'm sorry. I'm, and I'm, I mean, I guess 
cool, but also, you know, just won't watch the movie maybe first. But this was a really hard scene to this shoot. This was a very hard scene to shoot. It could have gone a lot of different ways. We played it a lot of different ways. We played it big. We played it small. We played it angry. We played it sad. Cry- I mean, it was just you could, we so many. It the whole yeah, time. I mean, there so was many lot. interpretations yeah. of this moment between them. Because how do you, how does a girl who really doesn't understand what's going on, who's like, dude, I love you and you haven't been like I don't know where you've been I've been worried you got into this fight with my ex-boyfriend like what is going on how do we balance that with this guy who's truly suffering who's like leave me alone I'll figure it out and somebody who just is consistently saying I'm trying to stay awake and how many times can you hear that before you go like I you, you what does I don't that mean? understand yeah. what that means and um you know this is really uh, again we've said it before but it, in in such a pleasure to make this movie as hard as it was and as as um as emotional as it was, to have actors who really understand what you're trying to say and they're trying to say and are coming um, to you to look at the script and saying, like, that that was an L Fanning yeah. adjustment where she was like, I, I don't understand what stay awake means. You know, like, I as L don't understand what reading that is. And that was really actually very enlightening to put into the script to realize... This is somebody who's really afraid, who's also really frustrated, who wants to help but doesn't know how to help. And we felt really important, uh, a very important moment was that Finch has to tell her to leave. And that because she wouldn't leave unless he tells her to. Yeah. And I mean, it's this is that that cycle Mm -hmm. that I think people who are suffering, no matter what it is, it's kind of a shame cycle of feeling shameful about the thing you're suffering from and saying, I don't need your help. I will figure this out. Leave me alone. This is the first time someone has loved him and been a, this close to him mm-hmm. to say, dude, I, I know something is wrong and you need to tell me. Mm-hmm. But how much can you do if a kid, you know, if he's saying, get the fuck away from me. Mm-hmm. I never want to see you. That's essentially what he's saying. It's heartbreaking. It's heart wrenching. And when upon reflection, when you realize this is the last scene she has with him, mm. it's heartbreaking. But it's also real. And Jennifer has talked about her own experience, mm-hmm. and this is what it was like. We all, I mean, again, we, we do not want to speak for everyone who's suffering, but I think for Finch, this is something that's very specific. And I really see Finch here. I think Liz and I have talked about this so much. We've mm-hmm. talked about it with Justice and Elle and, and, and um, uh, Jennifer and everybody, is that we really feel like he is trying. Mm-hmm. He is not giving up. He is not... Saying that's ceiling fan. I'm out of here. I hate that ceiling fan. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. But he's saying, uh, he is saying, I am, I am going to go try and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, I, and he really is. He really is. And I believe that about Finch. He's not making some kind of excuse. He's he's coming in. You know, we have our own sort of. Um, we came up with our own sort of narrative for what these sort of 24 hours, 48 hours yeah. are um, post that fight. Um, I, we've made a decision not to really talk about it on this. Uh, you know, if somebody wants to ask, I'm sure we would. But it's really, um, I think the important thing to realize is we are doing exactly what you just said. We're, we are not saying, um, we're not saying he uh, had a, a clear intention. No, he's saying I got to get control. Yeah. I got to go do the thing. And we've learned that he goes to these places. 
And so he, you know, he, she's looking for him. She's calling him. She's saying, I'm sorry. And it was a fight. And please call me back. And I love you. It's the first time I think mm-hmm. we hear that. Mm-hmm. It's the only and, time we hear it. Yeah. And so she, it's, you know, and what can you do? Uh, what can you do when, when someone like Finch has just disappeared and isn't answering <laughs> texts or phone call? And, and what we were talking about at the beginning of the when we first started about sort of the POV shift is um, no, basically is taking movie. place. So yeah. so we spent, you know, the first part really with him. We've now completely shifted over to her. Um, and that was a discovery in post. I mean, yeah. it was always there, I think, in your yeah. script. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it, it was, was like a conscious, like, oh, we really need to yeah. lean into that. There needs to be more mystery around Finch here. And th- and that's obviously a huge departure from the book, which is in his head. Mm-hmm. You are in his head. You are knowing well, everything al- he's book, thinking. You're, and you're alternating chapters. You know? Yeah. In the book, you really have the opportunity to be in both their heads. This, I love the scene. This was a lot of work. Um, a lot of work on the on the writing. Yeah. We did a lot of this uh, the day of and the day before. And um, it's this, you know, Luke was so incredible and felt really, um, it, it felt very passionate that we get this scene right in particular and um i think we got as close as possible i hope it's good i'm very proud of the scene yeah i i think i i there's something about the opening up and there's also Mm -hmm. the um the way it's received Mm -hmm. i'm i love Mm -hmm. and i feel like every kid every teenager and every parent should watch this scene (laughs) and say like it's okay if you if you talk about these things and hopefully you will be received with love and compassion and not and anger. And not judgment yeah. and not and, yeah. and I think that's we wanted to show uh, as in the book but in the film the impact that Finch has on Violet, you know, that that he has changed her and that he has made her feel like she can say something when she she wasn't comfortable doing it before. Um they're really great in this scene. It was really, uh, this was a really impressive scene to watch. Yeah, and it's also at this, you know, she is thinking about it, and it comes back to the places, comes mm-hmm. back to the wanders, and it's kind of the break. We didn't, we didn't want to make this like a like a detective movie. Suddenly, like, where's Finch? We got to figure it out. You know, like I think that she's. I think she kind of knows, and there's a knowing quality to Elle's performance here that I think is quite impressive, and I th- I think very good. And I'm again, just gonna tell everybody that they buckle up. This is this is like where we get to the, you know, no dry eye on set, and um, you know, you're about to see why Elle Fanning is you know probably the best actress of her generation. Yeah. Because, uh, and I and I think like yeah. you know it's just seeing Violet get into a car, not only get into a car but now drive a car. It's a nice subtle nod mm-hmm. to what happened to her. Th- this was this was a very intense day on set. I'm not gonna <laughs> mince it. It was it was it was very tough. But I'll tell you, Elle Fanning is. She's a pro. This is a great detail where she's so worked up here. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know the um, the door handle. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. She goes for the top, doesn't mm-hmm. know it's the bottom. I mean. The, this right here, you know, we're we're building up to this big scene, and I remember talking to Elle. We shoot these scenes, and I'm going, "Hi, okay, how you feeling?" She's kind of quiet, and I can I can just tell she's ready. Mm-hmm. You can hear what you mean. The headphones, you could hear her working herself up, and it was like, "Oof." You can tell she's ready. Yeah. And I go up to her, and I kind of nod, and I look at Brian Freesh, and I say, "Look, you're gonna perch right here, handheld. You're gonna tilt up from the clothes." 
just follow her. She's I, I told her not to move too much, and that's pretty much all I told her. And this is what you get. And I will tell you now, this is one take. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, we have these pickups to kind of piece it together, like wides and, and stuff. But this shot here, which started on the mm-hmm. close and comes up, this is all one shot with little pickups in between to just make sure we're covered. So, you know, you get a little insert pickup here. But this is all L. I'm going to get a little insert here so we can see certain things like that. But, you know, L, I was just blown away. This is, like, so early on. This was, again, we were just shooting this on day, day three four, and four. Yeah. yeah. And it's so heartbreaking. And everybody on set felt this. So I was, um, we had a close set, and um, I was standing at the monitor with the producers and I had to leave the monitor because there was so much crying that I couldn't watch the performance. <laughs> Everybody was crying. I think it was really. But what I've noticed what's very interesting about sharing this film with an audience is that, uh, especially people, I think people who know the book mm-hmm. cry during the scene. Yes. People who don't know the book mm-hmm. don't want to believe it, mm-hmm. and they sort of disconnect and they go like, "No, no, 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 no. Finch isn't dead. He's." Mm-hmm. Mm, the movie's playing a game with me here. Like, it's mm-hmm. trying to make me think he's gone, but he's really not gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, Violet knows, and Violet... And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. I'm <laughs> going to talk about this shot. But I think this idea is that we... She cries for us. Mm-hmm. She cries because she knows, and eventually I think the emotion of the movie for for first-time viewers who've never, who don't know this story, I think the emotion catch up, catches up with them later. So this was originally written to not have any tears in it. We were like, you know, you've been crying all day, literally. And um, when you're in that type of grief, you know, you can't how much at a certain point you're spent. So we did two takes of it where she didn't cry. And um, you looked at me and you were like, and Elle wanted to cry in it. And you looked at me and you were like, should we just move on? And and we were both like, maybe you want to get one for safety. And you looked at Elle and you were like, you can cry if you want. <laughs> but like, not a lot. And she goes, not a lot. Okay. And then she just dropped the it. insane, like, savant that she is. As the push-in happens, she knows exactly where the camera is and drops the one tear. And after you all cu- you yelled cut, she looked at both of us and she was like, did you want it out of the other eye? Or was that one good? <laughs> and we're just like, you... She's awesome. I love this funeral stuff. I mean, it's very sad, obviously, but just filmmaking wise, we shot all of this on a 50 mil lens. We shot this anamorphic lens for you uh, filmmakers out there. And um, it was a great thing. We shot that whole sequence in about 30 minutes. We just ran around natural light through the 50 mil up on Brian's shoulder and just boom, 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 boom. And it was it was really nice. So this is a fun story that this was initially Lamar and Sophia's last scene in mm-hmm. the film. And I remember shooting it and wrapping them and saying, uh, I can't let this be their last scene in the film. We so. also had a weird thing where Justice showed up. Yeah, he was at his own <laughs> he funeral. He was at his own funeral. <laughs> yeah. And so everybody was just kind of like, it was a weird day. It was just a weird yeah. day. It was sad and it was towards the end of the shoot as well. But I'll tell you, I brought them back later for something. And, and this was a tough scene too of how much do we reveal about what we know or don't know. But what I can say is if we don't say anything about it, it's it's it, that's it. It's a mystery, this death. It, there, there's not anything suspicious going on. And I can guarantee you if something was suspicious that we would it would be in the film. It, it's a mystery. It's sad. We don't know why. It just happened. We don't know the circumstances of Finch's death, and that is the point. 
But this is what happens here now is that Amanda opens up about her own struggles and we there's got to be some kind of healing that comes from this loss. And this is one of the things that happens. And again, I leave it up to the audience completely. They can decide what they want, what they feel about Finch's death and about the character that we've set up. It's it's hard, but I think you have to separate it from the book. I think we've we've done something a little bit different than the book. And I think Jennifer has acknowledged that and is extremely supportive of it. And, you know, we worked on this scene a lot, too. I mean, it's, it's like we were really lucky with the amount of prose we had. Mournful instrumental music. That is accurate. Um, that's. Uh, these are a lot of these are, callbacks yeah. to the to the book. Yep. And that's the first oh, post that he gave. Yeah. Gave something her. I was going to say earlier is, um, so in the book, there's a lot. There are a lot more quotes. There's a lot of other authors that are in it, and super early on, um, we felt like Virginia Woolf had to kind of play the part of everybody. Um, made sense that it was somebody that Finch would be, you know into and um would introduce to violet and uh i have the one of the virginia wolf books i think i'm just talking about all the things i stole from this set on this podcast <laughs> by the way i'm pretty sure i'm gonna yell at this was super um you know this was a challenging thing because in the in the book she goes to a bunch of different places at mm-hmm. the end a bunch a bunch a bunch and i that was one of the first things i said when i read the script and came in i said look guys i love all this stuff but we got to pick one well, we got to felt... make it emotionally impactful because I think by this time the audience is going, okay, how does this wrap up? Like, how do we come to terms with this? And we chose the the chapel. We um, also, I think um, it was really important to us that we didn't make Finch a martyr. Oh, we, we did not want to romanticize um, his death romanticize in any anything. way. No, no, I think no. the important thing to say is that um, the po- post um, Finch's death in the movie – we are witnessing now the aftershocks of a death and it is um confusing it is upsetting it is infuriating and those are all totally okay emotions um we one of the reasons we didn't want to say um whether it was intentional or not is because if frankly at this point doesn't matter he's gone and um he is uh missing and it is a loss that is now going to be felt for all these characters for the rest of their lives as death is in real life. And any type of sort of scavenger hunt... Um, yeah, anything left behind. Anything left behind felt like a bit of a of, of an excuse. And so um, we, again, really just wanted to talk about real emotions that happen, that um, sort of regardless of how somebody has left or somebody has passed... They're gone. Yeah. Um, and this is not something... This wander is a wander that he wanted to take her on. Yes. We set that up very early in the film, and that's something he stole from her mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with her. This is one of his wanders, and he came here and did this. This is not for her to find. And that is also for book readers. The I was here um, signing that on the wall. We did have that. We It is actually at the Before I Die sec- um location we did paint it on the wall um we couldn't shoot it it was just not usable and so this was our other this is our callback yes. to it um, so i was here so don't get mad at us we yeah. did include it and this oh, wait is... this is one of my all-time favorite stories we so this is a very long <laughs> monologue you're about to watch and then day before 
Elle was like, I'm going to write, you know, as she would, because she's telling us reports. She's like writing the monologue in, in the book for her to reference and stuff like that. And we do the first take. And Elle, I think right around here, just stops. And we're all like, that was great. That was great. There's more. There's, and she there's was like, whole... no, there's not. This is all I've written in the book. And we were like, there's literally another page <laughs> of the book. And she had forgotten to write the rest of it. And so we all, we were like, had this really awkward, no joke, like 45 seconds of everybody standing on set being like, and then? Yeah. And then we had to fill it in. And then, of course, she memorized in like two seconds yeah, and she's, killed it. she's a savant. This was a, um, a balance as a filmmaker in it. Like, I... Liz wrote this really specifically, but obviously and when you're in the edit and you've got all these words and all these characters you're trying to wrap up and all these things. Sorry for all the words. They're great words. You know. But you, you, it, the balance here was how much are we in the classroom and how much are we mm-hmm. somewhere else? And I ended up adding, uh, you know, stuff from the, like, kind of call, one callback. I felt like we had to see Finch again. This, the, the shoes is where I cry every time. Like, this, this the, what we're about to get to is where you see him again is the part when I, you didn't tell me that you'd put that in. And so when I saw the first assembly that you had put together and I um, got to that, that was where I like totally lost it. I lose it in a specific place here too. There's, there are two places and, and this was something where we were just at a location. We're actually at Finch's, we're actually at Finch's house here. It's historical Mm -hmm. property and this, this bloom had happened. This is where I lose it. So this is the scene I added. When we were rapping Sophia and Lamar, I was like, we can't leave it. And I added this I scene. I love them dancing. Where, I, so and this fun. is their dancing to kiss. Well, we wanted to show that life does Not go on. Not kiss the band. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's like they're, they're going to stay friends. Because you, you have to. You have to. They're not... Not this, They're remembering Finch, but that's yeah. what he loved to do. And, and this is all in... This was just a balancing act of yeah. music and editing and the and the and the dialogue and the voiceover, everything coming together to wrap these people up. And I'm very proud of this. I'm very mm-hmm. proud of this sequence. And she goes in Eleanor's room for the first time. Yeah, like, there's a lot I think that had to be accomplished here. And um, to make it feel not inc- you know t- a total loss, but that there's something left. Oof, but also about ba- yeah. And then seeing Woof. I brought him back. I had to bring him back. And again. There's no desire here and no intent intention of romanticizing him, but just remember him. Yeah. She loved him. We love him. And we can remember his memories without saying, oh, wasn't it, you know, wasn't it great? You know, oh, like it, by no means is that the, the idea that we're going for. And this is just Elle Fanning being Elle Fanning, just kind of giving us, you know, this is strong enough. It could have been the last shot of the mm-hmm. movie, but I felt very strongly that we needed to bring go back to the Blue Hole. And that was always in the that script. That was always in the script. Always in yep. the script. And I I made sure that it was going to be visually stunning that yes. we had to put it in the movie. And it, it, it actually is I the love part, this little performance she's about to do. Yeah, she's, she's bringing it here. But the last three shots of the film, the last shot of the movie is the thing I'm – I'm most proud of and how it all comes together and, and it's if I'm if I get through it <laughs> I'm fine like up to this point yeah I'm always fine I'm like yeah. cool oh yeah I, no I I'm good through. I haven't cried yet I haven't so cried yet. yet and then I always if I'm hearing the movie if I'm yeah. watching it full on it's that last shot with the music well it's shot. also because so this we shot this a few different times and if you'll see when she lays on her back on the on the left side of your screen there's about to be some um light ripples that come out of the corner towards her hand this did not happen in any other take it's just this take and we watched it and we were like that's finch 
You know, that it's was just, really... Yeah, I'm just so... This shot just is like, so... Like, see the twinkles? Yeah, like, that didn't happen in any, any other, other take. take. Yeah, it's just beautiful and it's stunning. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> sometimes that gets me. Maybe just because it's like, wow, we did it. You I know, mean, we made a movie. It happened. Yeah, there Look it is. That. There's all the bright I love places. These, I love these. Uh, yeah, I had my film, my team over. And please do go to this website if you have all the bright places film dot info. info. We've seen it. Anything. It's got amazing, uh, all kinds of amazing uh, resources. resources, and it's f- for anyone around the world. Um, it's uh, yeah, and it doesn't matter what country you're in. Um, there's access everywhere around the world. Um, you know, I think. If you have watched this movie and you feel like you want to open up or talk, you should. If you if you have somebody that you can um, connect to and talk to, you should do that. That's close to you in your life. If you don't, there are all these resources that you can reach out to. Yeah, and we just hope it it moved you and 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 made you feel uh you know feel all the feels. I love the title cards that were designed. They were really great. Yeah, so that was a real in a map of Indiana that was um, folded. Those are all real, and then high quality, uh, high res scanned, and then they added. Uh, f- uh, shout out to Filmograph, who's done all my titles for all my movies. I think this is a a really cool thing. Um, hopefully, people stick around to watch it. Yeah, you should always stick around and watch the credits. It's, it's, I know. love this stuff. You know. There's Mirren, our hero. Yeah, um, a lot of heroes. Keegan, I mean, this, yeah. this crew just, you know, it's really brought it. So I was going through this weird time. I right before we made this movie, I I'd been doing a couple things and like, you know, was feeling a little disenchanted. I would say about um, the making of movies and the point of making of movies. Hey, and um, I was so reinvigorated by making this movie and I was I was just talking about this the other day I was um I was talking to a, an actress at the time about making another movie and she's an actress producer and we were like we just can't make movies with people we don't like you know like it's just not that we've I've ever made a movie with people I don't like but I've made horror movies and um we uh she went to make this little movie this little tiny movie where she basically like lived in a cabin with you know the ensemble cast and we made this little tiny movie um and lived in the four seasons in Cleveland, um, all together, in and here's the thing: we have we have a lot to say thank you for for this movie. Um, not the least of which is Jennifer Nevin again for letting us do it. But Ohio, like you, really uh, were as much a part of this movie as anybody else. And um, I made this movie. We made this movie. I came back and I called the uh, actors producer and I was like, I think I know how to make movies again because it was really. When you get to make a movie with your best friends, it's there's nothing really any better than it. It was a it was a wonderful experience, super positive. Look at all these people we made this movie with. So many people. So it was all shot in Ohio. All yeah, shot in outside Ohio. of Cleveland. Yeah. Only yeah the the train yard was the only thing in Cleveland proper. Everything was kind of on the outskirts of Cleveland. And props to Bruce Curtis, our production designer. He found almost all those locations and did such a killer job with the look of it. You know, it's it's you I, I movie movie making is hard. It's stressful. It's it's a it's a it's a thing, always. And I, I this was really truly a joy. 
it, it, it never felt like work. I mean, it was obviously a challenge. We're constantly pushing ourselves, con- you know, stressed out. All that stuff's normal. That's just making a movie. Beyond that, it was just a, it was a joy and it was fun. And I'm so excited. Like I haven't seen Liz in a while. We got to see each other today. It was so great to see each other again. And we could see Justice, Justice and L tonight. Uh, it, it's actually our premiere day. We've recorded this and we're having our premiere tonight. So by the time this comes out, you will either we will know if if people have liked this movie or not. Yeah, we have no idea. We we, we are, have no clue. We are in a bubble. So we, yeah. I hope we hope that people like it. We are not being like. Uh, kicked out of Hollywood while <laughs> while you're listening to this. Hopefully, we have more jobs. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really just I can't have said I can't say we were um, we couldn't have been any luckier making this movie. It was really uh, and and again, you know, this is the passion of uh, FYI. We didn't talk about nothing's gonna stop us now. Oh it's man, really important. It's really important to me. I am a huge Albert Hammond fan. Okay, and. When I found out he wrote that song, I was like, "What? Yeah, it's uh, what? It's pretty amazing." Um, we uh, talked about what that song was going to be for a really long time, and you only get like three seconds. Yeah. We could only afford <laughs> no, three seconds. no, no, it no, cost no, the same. No, no, it was uh, that was Mariah Carey. That we, yeah. yeah, no, it cost the same. <laughs> Whether right, you use two right, seconds right, or two right. minutes, it cost the same. That's so right. we well, used I had it. Mariah Carey originally. We did that. it, and uh, we. That is in a that is a direct homage to say anything, and if you watch say anything, you'll you'll know. Yeah, you'll know what I'm talking about. But that song is also like uh, again a nice little thing. That's a big mind. thing for us. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, we got it's it's we were sitting in rehearsal trying to pick a song, and that song. Was well, yeah, we'll we I'll coming. put together on Spotify an official director's playlist with all the songs. Oh, we'll share it. Yeah. We will share it. Yeah. I still listen to the one that we made for uh, the movie that you made before we went. Yeah, I still. It's yeah. a really good. Yeah. It's a really good one. And, uh, you know, Keegan's score is coming out, which is actually kind of rare for Netflix movies. We're getting a vinyl of it. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. Is he one of those that puts all his scores on vinyl? I have yeah. the Hearts Beat Lab. Yeah, he does. Yeah. One. Milan I love that. Records does it all for us. It so. Makes sense. We hope you enjoyed the film. Um, so Tell everybody else to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, everybody, for joining us for watching with again. And you can listen to all the other episodes um, on the link that you probably got this one from. And um, I just want to say thank you again, Liz and Brett. This was this was an experience, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Um, and uh, everyone, enjoy the film on Netflix. Tell your friends and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>